Maybe you got out of the office for a little bit, went to a bar to watch. That's what I did. Uh, we had a station event at our our friends at Flipside Pub and Grill on the north side of Lacrosse. A friend of the show and friend of the Brewers, they, they sent us down to spring training just a couple weeks ago. So I watched there with some listeners and gave away some tickets, and that was fun. Having the game on the TV was fun. I don't know if I don't know if any part of the game specifically. I I don't know if I was enjoying it. This is a pretty mid baseball game. It, it did only take two hours and 21 minutes, as Spencer tweets in at Wisco Grant. That is a good point. Maybe that's what we should discuss tonight. If you want to join to talk Brewers, it's opening day, so we're talking baseball. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. And I'm on Twitter, as Spencer tweets me. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Mick tweets in and says, tuning into at Wisco Grant today just to hear his quote, say something nice about the Brewers segment. If I had to say something nice about the Brewers today, uh, it's always good to see some guys make their debut. It's always it's always memorable to see a player make their major league debut, especially on opening day. Gus Varland got to do that today. Uh, I almost said Sal Freelich, but Bryce Terang. Bryce Terang is the one. I get Freelich and Terang confused just a little bit. I was listening to the end of the Brewers postgame show with Josh Maurer. Uh, who I enjoy, as I've said many times, other than the fact that he says Urias, Urias. And I'm like, just say it like everyone else. Just be normal. Don't be that way. That's just my one pet peeve. But I was listening to him. He was closing down the, the Brewers postgame show and talking about all the talent that's going to be in the minor leagues. Joey Weimer and Sal Freelich. Bryce Terang happens to be the one from that group that was elevated for opening day. And, of course, Garrett Mitchell as well. But Garrett Mitchell got a little bit of run at the end of last season. And so he is kind of in that same batch, although he got a head start last year. So if I had to say something nice about the Brewers, Mick, say something nice about the Brewers, I guess I'd say congrats to Bryce Terang, who got a hit today. A little dribbler, but at least he put the ball in play. It's more than you could say for some of the other guys who played today. Jesse Winker got off to a rough start to the game. Willie Adamas had a hit. Of course, that hit happened when no one was on base. That's, that's the classic Willie Adamas thing. And I love Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas hits a lot of home runs. His home runs seem to happen when no one is on base. And then he'll come up in a big spot with runners on second and third. One guy out. And that'll be the strikeout or that'll be the ground ball. So sometimes Willie Adamas and timing, uh, not all lockstep. Looking down at the box score because I'm trying to, I'm just trying to remember things from this game. I just watched the whole thing. I'm like, what even happened today? Wilson Contreras, or William Contreras, excuse me, not the former Cub-turned-Cardinal, but his brother by way of Atlanta, he got one hit towards the end of the game, and it was a play that Hap probably should have had in left field. And Rock, in the Rock way that he has, uh, made that very clear. He's like, I don't know what Hap was thinking. If he just stays on his feet, he probably catches that ball. I love Rock so much. I think that's maybe the most redeeming part of this game is having... Bill Schroeder back on my TV. I love that guy. Did you see the the new Bill Schroeder bingo card dropped? Who sent it to me? Oh, here it is. Jack Stern put it out at 11 o'clock today. Uh, and he writes for Brew Crew Ball. These are all the, the rock-isms on the bingo card. I think this is my favorite part of having the Brewers back today. Did you see his hair, by the way? I tweeted out a picture. I was go Grant. Uh, a couple of quotes, a couple of rock-isms on the bingo card. Number one, how do you take that pitch? <laughs> that's the rockism. Uh, tells a story from his playing days. 
My goodness, that's one of my favorite rockisms. Uh, commentary on the area in which the tavern of the game is located. Wapaka got the tavern of the game today. That's no small honor. We talked to Craig Council at spring training. Did I tell you I was at spring training? I was in the clubhouse. Uh, and when we talked to Craig one of the days, you know, Adam McCalvey was badgering him about the opening day roster. He's like, when are you going to announce Corbin Burns, opening day starter, and when are you going to announce this and that? And, and we had some nice conversations about opening day and what it means. And Council, and I thought it was cool, very, very intentionally said, look, I minimize lineups. Because when you guys ask me, why is this guy hitting second? Why is this guy hitting third? A lot of times, counsel say, the lineup is just the lineup for the start of the game. It will change over the course of the game. It won't be the same tomorrow. It won't be the same the next day. Craig Council's never been a manager to really prioritize lineups, specific lineups, right? Intentional lineup. Craig Council's a little bit more laissez-faire. He'll try things. He'll move guys around. I don't think he loses sleep over his lineups. But he did make a point to say, opening day is a big deal. And it's a big deal to my players, so it's a big deal to me. So getting a starting spot or hitting second or playing third base or getting a chance to debut in the season opener is a big deal. And I think it's cool that Craig Council actually puts thought and intention into that. And he finds what his players find important, important, right? And I think that's a really good trait in a manager. And I think that not only is is true for players, but true for the tavern of the game as well. I don't remember which bar it was in Wapaka. Was it expectations? The tavern of the game is, if the Brewer game goes south and they lose by 20 runs, at least we'll always have the tavern of the game. I'm looking off of Jack Stern's Bill Schroeder bingo card here. Uh, Got it on the trademark. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, Comment about all the new numbers these days. Yeah, I'm with Rock on that one. Uh, Praises a catcher for a routine block or play. Uh, home runs come in bunches. Complains about a review taking too long. This is a good one. Quote, he went down and got it. Yeah, I love that. And, of course, that one goes hand-in-hand hand with the next square over. Nice piece of hitting. Uh, complains about the umps. I like when Rock really gets dialed in, and you'll hear him go, that's terrible. Just terrible. And then this quote is great, too. Slider didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> it's supposed to be a breaking ball. Didn't have a lot of break to it. I just like how Rock will will diss individuals. Like, I'll watch a Brewer game with a buddy who's a Cubs fan, right? And he will notice the way that Rock is speaking and, and, and take it as a slight. Like, oh, something jumped out to me. I think it was in the seventh or the eighth inning when Dansby Swanson got his third hit of the day. And Schroeder kind of had to rain on the parade by saying, well, yeah, we were worried about Dansby Swanson because he was so bad at spring training. Like... Like, I know this guy's having a great day. Now I'm going to mention when he wasn't having a great time. Oh, I love that about Rock so much. That's probably the most redeeming part of this game for me. And maybe that's the question. Maybe that's what we should discuss. The Brewers lost today 4 to nothing, But there's got to be at least one part of today's Brewer game that is redeeming for you. You're happy to have this back. You are happy to see this player. You are happy to see this. What was the one thing from today's game even though it was a crummy game that really meant a lot to you. Let's talk about that. Let's take a three-minute break. We're talking Brewers baseball. It's opening day, so we're going to celebrate that even though the Brewers lost. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more Brewers in three minutes. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Sports Show, happy opening day. Should be a holiday. I hope you snuck away from work a little bit today. Maybe you went to a bar, watched a little bit of the game with some coworkers, or maybe you just closed your office door. Oh, I'm being extra productive today. No one bother me. Open up the laptop, pull up Valley Sports, watch the Brewer game at work. I didn't get anything done today. I just dialed in on baseball. And I got to meet with some Brewers fans and some listeners at a bar today. We had a little event, giving away a jersey and some tickets. It was fun. The Brewers, however, did lose four to nothing. But I don't want to be Johnny Raincloud today. We're probably going to have plenty of frustrated Brewers shows over the course of the season. We don't need to make today a frustrating Brewers show. This team will give us plenty of opportunities to get mad. Today does not need to be that day. So here is my question. I don't often ask a very traditional sports radio question, but I think this is about as traditional as it gets. The Brewers lost four to nothing, but it's great to have baseball back, right? And I want to celebrate that. So I'm asking you, what is one thing, one thing from today's game, despite the result where you were like, I'm so happy about this. It was nice to see this. This player makes me happy. It's, it's good to see this or that. There's got to be at least one thing. And I got a couple of texts here. We'll get to those in a sec. First, let's talk to Matt in Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. Now, Matt is a Cubs fan, so Matt, your answer might be a little bit different. Hey, fly the W, all right? Yeah. And you got the game in, so I was, <laughs> I was happy about that. We, we didn't need a retractable roof to get the game in today, and it looked pretty enjoyable for the fans. I, I, I was one of the people who watched that work, so I watched the whole game. So I was productive and got to watch the game, and uh, it would have been a lot closer if uh, Willie Adamas didn't, uh, you know, have that error. But uh, good game overall, and uh, I guess if I was a Brewer fan, I'd be really excited about uh, Bryce Terrain getting his first hit and his speed, and uh, Garrett Mitchell looking pretty good in center. You know what jumped out to me about today's game is how quick it was. It was a two-hour and 21-minute game, and I, I didn't feel like the flow of the game was any different. Matt, like, did you feel the the impact of the pitch clock? Because on a pitch-to-pitch basis, like batter-to-batter basis, I really didn't notice. I wasn't thinking about it until all of a sudden it's 3.30 and the game is over. I think that's exactly yeah, what baseball I mean, was going for, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, don't, I think it's fine when you're watching it, but, like, if you are actually to attend a game in person, I think it's going to annoy you a little bit because you're not going to be there as long. So maybe that'll just get people into the stands quicker uh, you know, I don't know. If I go to a game, you know, I like to sit there and enjoy, you know, the three and a half hour marathon. But on TV, that's fine, I guess. Is this? Um, and it, is you know, this it was fine. Yeah. Do you think this is something that's going to get people into the ballpark? Like, do you think? Do you think more fans are going to be like, okay, we're going to get there two hours beforehand when the parking lot opens, and then as soon as the doors open, we'll go inside and we'll watch batting practice, right? And we'll tool around a little bit. We'll, we'll get a little bit more of our, our ballpark experience before the game, right? Because if games are going to take two hours and 20 minutes, right, you want to maximize that time in the park. Yeah, indeed, but probably not at American Family Field because of the great tailgate. But at Wrigley, uh, you know, I mean, there's the bars, but they're always packed. So when I go there, I always try to get in as early as possible and see batting practice and try to, you know, score some autographs for my kids. That a boy. Uh, you know, if, if I bring them along. So, but yeah, I mean, the only there was only what one pitch clock or two pitch clock violations today, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. And uh, yeah, fast. Get it done, get it over with, you know, I like it. Get in, get out, get on with your life, especially if there's uh, weather or there's wind and cold and rain. Let's start the game at Wrigley and let's wrap it up so it doesn't go until 6 o'clock 
or we don't have to make it up tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. Hey, congrats, well, that, yeah, congrats on your team's win. I'm I'm happy for you. Kind hey, of. hey, we'll see. I get the I get the I get the basket in for two days because now they don't play till Saturday. So you know, there you Bask go. tomorrow. Enjoy. Thanks, Matt, for the call. Yeah. Yeah, have a good Friday. But you as well, Matt in Cross Plains, Cubs fan. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Yeah, the the pace was interesting. Because I, I didn't find myself thinking about the pitch clock. Like, if they didn't put the pitch clock on the screen, Valley Sports Wisconsin put the little countdown in the middle of the bases, which I thought was sneaky. Uh, it was a good way to do it. To cap tip to Valley Sports. Or hat tip, caps off to bat, whatever the expression is. I thought Valley Sports did a good job with that. But if that wouldn't have been on my screen, and that wouldn't have been on the scoreboard, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have thought about it. The only time I thought about it was when the game ended and I'm like, holy balls, it's 3.30 because, you know, selfishly for my job, right, this show is on a couple of stations and all of the stations are Brewers Radio Network affiliates, right? So if the Brewers post game ends at 4.30, I don't start my show until 4.30 because I, I'm not broadcasting to anything. I could start at 4. No one's going to hear it, right? So over the last couple of years, at the timing down, uh, if the game starts at 10, it takes about hours start to finish pregame to postgame, so I won't go on until about 4.30, something like that. It was 3.30, and the game is ending. I was like, holy smokes, I didn't think I was going to have a full two hours tonight. So at the end of the game, at the end of the broadcast, I thought about pace, and I thought about speed. I didn't think about it once during the game, which I think is exactly what baseball wanted, right? They wanted to cut out the the moments and, and the stretches of, of downtime. Right? So you're not changing the game. You're just cutting out the crap. Worked pretty well today. And, of course, it'll be a quick game when the Brewers don't score any runs. How many hits did they have today? Four. Ugh. Brutal. 608-796-2558. The best part, the most redeeming part of having Brewers baseball back today. Or Cubs baseball. If you're a Cubs fan or a Twins fan, the best part about having baseball back today, despite the Brewers kind of being a turd. Like they were, to quote our friend Binks, I haven't played this drop in a while, they were kind of a turd out he there. He was just a turd out there. You know, you couldn't kick and you couldn't run, you know. You're just a, a turd. Six Foot Steve says, I'm happy to see Yelich walking with power again. Yeah, that looked familiar, didn't it? I'm not trying to judge a small sample size here. I'm not trying to take one game and draw sweeping conclusions. But if I had to, I'd say, okay, so Yelich looks like the exact same player. If he walks, good at bat, and if not, it's probably a ground ball. Robin Stoddard says, not how I wanted opening day to go, but my one good thing about the Brewers is they gave me two hours and 21 minutes worth of spring and summer with baseball to relax. And the rookie Trang had a better day than our 29 million uh, paperweight and Adamus, especially on defense. You called Yelich a $29 million paperweight? Rob, that's brutal. Q says, say something nice about the Brewers. They weren't no hit. Yeah, but they went, and this is when baseball games get boring. They went, I think, from like the fifth to the top of the ninth inning without getting a hit. It's one thing if you have four or five hits and they're kind of spread throughout. The Brewers went, what would that be, three or four innings in the middle of the game without getting any hits. And no offense to the Cubs pitchers. Uh, one is named K Thompson. Of course, the K stands for, as I click the link, Keegan Thompson, of course. I'm very familiar with his game. And Brad Boxberger, who we all know and love. And then Michael Fulmer at the end, his name oft mentioned with Devin Williams and 
Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman and some of the great closers uh, that have played this game. I don't know who any of those guys are. Marcus Stroman had a nice start, brought some nice energy, got the Cubs fans into it. It's the home opener. You're not supposed to win opening day on the road, right? That's the Cubs home opener. That day is supposed to be about them. And the game kind of went that way. So that's not entirely surprising. Jordan tweets in at Wisco Grant. He says, what a game. Only runs were in one half inning. Otherwise, nothing else happened. Uh, could have counted the birds at the stadium. I didn't once see them show the flags on the television broadcast. What the heck? I didn't know if the wind was blowing in or out. i completely blind. I-, I need to see the flags. Which way is the wind blowing? Aaron tweets in, says, I noticed the pitch clock only when I watched Yelich bat. He didn't take a minute adjusting his gloves between each pitch. It was weird, actually. I didn't notice any changes with Yelich. Braun would do the gloves and do the pat like he had a whole routine because I hadn't really thought about it with Yelich, but I'll watch him more intentionally now. Onavam Fam, the leader of Brewers Twitter, and I got to say, maybe the most constant source of Brewers comedy. I No Twitter account can make me laugh like this bastard can. It's every tweet. He says, scoreless inning from friend of show Gus Varland, Brian Anderson on base twice. The triumphant return of Twitter negativity brigade. There is a world in which Wisconsin Twitter really burns tonight. And I think we're out of the woods because I saw a report from Eric Name. I-, I was fearing earlier today that the Brewers would lose and then the Bre- the Bucks would come out and Coach Bud would come out and say, we're resting everybody against the Celtics. This state and sports radio and this sports, sports Twitter, the state's sports Twitter, would have burned if that was the case. That's too much negativity. I think our minds would have exploded. Bucks film room. Says all the runs the Brewers scored. That was the most redeeming quality for him. I loved watching Badgers offense, but in baseball form. Well, at least our teams were all consistent. Allows us to have a theme throughout the day and throughout the week and all the shows. 608-796-2558. Appreciate the calls and the texts. We'll talk more baseball, more Brewers opening day. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. No music, but plenty of hits. Somebody hit somebody! Your station for sports is WKTY Lacrosse. <laughs> show my name is grant we're talking brewers we're gonna talk brewers it's opening day and even though the brewers lost by four runs and played a very boring game and didn't give us much to talk about or much to celebrate i'm asking fans i'm asking brewers fans or cubs fans or whatever team you cheer for what was the one redeeming thing you got today if you had to pick one thing even though the brewers lost and even though the game kind of sucked there had to be at least one thing today Yes, I'm glad that this is back. I'm glad that this is a thing. What is that thing? I want to hear from you today. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I also need to mention a little bit of breaking news. Uh, Jordan Davis has entered the transfer portal, which sucks. Because I like Jordan Davis. He didn't really play a lot down the stretch in their postseason run, quote-unquote, if you want to call it that, I hesitate to call it a postseason run because I don't really think it was a postseason and I don't really think it was a run. But nonetheless, his playing time really waned. I really like Klesmit. 
Klesman is probably playing the role that I envisioned for Jordan Davis. Really good defender, can hit threes on a good night, can do a little bit of everything. I don't know. I, I wonder I wonder what's behind that decision. I don't need to talk about Jordan Davis transferring, but I uh, need to mention it. Also, I guess Donald Trump has been indicted, according to ABC News. So there you go. That's your news update. I don't have a news sounder, but I do have this. And that's today's tailgate tip. Close enough. Yeah, Matt Bush here. Matt Bush's tutelage did pay off, by the way. Gus Varland, our, our guy, our friend from spring training, looked pretty good for the first two batters, at least today. Dropped off a little bit after that. Uh, one of my Twitter followers said, did you let the fine folks know about the Jordan Navis news? There's a lot going on. Yes, I, I did. I totally did. Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I don't miss any tweets or texts. Uh, Eric from Eau Claire says the only redeeming quality to the Brewers opener is that it was over in two hours and 21 minutes. Look, I think Major League Baseball has to be thrilled. At least after day one, and I only watched one game. But in the game that we watched today, the Brewers and the Cubs, I didn't think about pace. I was not sitting there in the sixth inning with my watch thinking, holy balls, this game's flying. No, no, no. It seemed like any other baseball game. And they got to the ninth inning. And there were only a couple of outs left. I was like, what time? Holy smokes, it's only 3.15. Then I realized how much shorter the game was. And I think that was baseball's goal, right? They wanted to cut out all of the parts of the game that we wouldn't notice if they weren't there. Like, all right, let's take away this guy who's adjusting his batting gloves and let's take away this pitcher who feels the need to massage the rosin bag in his hand for 30 seconds once in a day. Let's take away all those parts of the game and fans won't even notice. What the fans will notice is, Holy smokes, it's 3.20 and the game's wrapping up. Right, two minutes and 21 seconds the game took today. Let's talk to Tony in Texas, 608-796-2558. Two days in a row, Tony. To what do we owe this pleasure? Well, it's opening day, Grant, and this is not exactly 1982's Harvey Wallbangers here. This this group of hitters. Can we go through this lineup, one through eight? Can you go through this lineup, please? Uh, do you want me to? I, I can. I don't remember it off the top of my head, so let me pull it up real quick. Uh, pull, pull it up real quick. Let's go, let's go through this lineup really quick and, and see how they're going to generate any kind of runs. Because you're in a little group chat with me, and I predicted the Cubs would win 4-1, to one, and I'm a diehard Brewers fan. I actually hit it right in the head. So, actually, I missed it by one run. I gave the Brewers too much credit. 4-0 to zero was yeah, the final. Close but enough. The, the game would have been close it, enough. It could have been the same game. Like, okay, what if uh, – Rowdy Telez hit a solo shot in the eighth inning. The game would have right. been the same, four to one. It's that you, was my you, yeah, you you had it. The lineup, by the way, is You're in my mindset. Yelich, Winker, Adamas, one, two, three. Any thoughts on on those three before we continue? Anything to talk about with the top I of the line? I don't know Hello? enough about Winker. I don't know. I don't know how that guy's going to perform. I know he's had some down years, but they're high on him. Yelich, I think, is a sunk cost at this point. You're just trying to get anything out of him you can. It's pretty sad. We just want him to be a mediocre leadoff man. Adamus, you know, Adamus, I think it's buying his good looks, Grant, just like yourself. Well, maybe not like yourself because you're on radio. But Adamus to me is, is like the pretty boy poster guy. Like my mom ro- loved Ryan Braun. She loved Paul Molitor. She loves Willie Adamus. Adamus to me is never to get criticized because he's too good looking. Carlos, okay, Gomez, who do we go next? Carlos Gomez was a good looking guy, too. I think we should put him on that list. Yes. Um, yes, Carlos Corey Hart was a good-looking guy, I think, for his his era that he played in. Corey Hart looks like he's Amish now. Yeah, his beard, yeah, I don't, he definitely has an interesting look. Okay, the next three, Telez, Contreras, Urias. Let's talk about those guys. You know, with Rowdy, 
I think Rowdy's that typical fat guy first baseman that the Brewers oh. pick up that the fans love. And and I just don't I don't know. He's like Daniel Vogelbach to me. I I just don't think that guy's gonna be sustaining success. If you want to call it successful last year, what do you have? Thirty well, home runs or so? If you if you want him to be Paul Goldschmidt or Freddie Freeman, you're gonna be disappointed. But for the Brewers and for what they're paying him, I think they almost always get a good at bat. <laughs> Can't, can't you say that, Tony? Like, he's always going to see pitches and, for the most part, put the ball in play. He doesn't strike out a ton. He's not a, a just a home run strikeout guy. For what they're paying to Les and for what you can expect for a team like the Brewers, mm-hmm. I, I think he's fine. I'm not going to pick Nick. I like Rowdy. Rowdy. Yes, I like Rowdy. He can't hit lefties. He's not Cecil Cooper, but he's a good, he's a good player for what their budget has Okay. And, and what kind of lineup they have. Okay, then who's next? Uh, Garrett Mitchell. Brian Anderson and Bryce Terang. I liked what I saw from Bryce Terang today. He was exploding out of the batter's box. I, I like younger, energetic guys because I think, Tony, when you're trying to contend for years and years and years and you're coming up short and they've been doing this since 2018, I think you need young blood. And I think maybe that's where the Packers aired from time to time on offense is they had the same face as Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Adam. Like, they never had that young, exciting up-and-comer. It's nice to have that on the field with Bryce Trang. That's what jumped out to me today with him. Yeah, you got to play those young players. I agree, Grant. But I think it's going to just be a a mediocre, boring season for the Brewers. This game, I think, is just going to be a microcosm of things to say. You can call me overreaction guy, but I just don't see it. And, And... let me ask you this, Grant. Is Dave from Monona, is he a Cubs fan? He is, yes. I, I don't know if I should uh, issue a formal apology or keep starting the war with that guy, but Dave, man, I, I, I got nothing against you, buddy. I don't know why he's mad. He's he's being a little yeah, bit of a diva. Right. You know, Dave speaks out against divas and, and this generation and participation trophies. Dave is kind of being a diva, and that's fine. Dave can do what he wants. He's okay. probably enjoying this Cubs win today. And I don't, by, yeah, by the way, Tony, I, I don't think you're overreacting. Because this game looked exactly like last year's team, right? And it's right. the only game we have to right. go on, and it's hard for me to watch today's game and not immediately think of last year, which obviously didn't end very well. Okay, and I agree with you, Grant. And then lastly, a team that we know who they are, who their identity is, and they have no young players, actually. The one they do have doesn't play a lot. Your Milwaukee Bucks, my Milwaukee Bucks. They play the Celtics tonight. Let's just bury these guys, Grant, put the foot to the, you know, to the, to the jugular and just knock them out. Let's go in there and prove a point. Back-to-back nights. I get it, but hopefully everyone's – is everyone playing? His name sent out – Eric name sent out the uh, rosters. Who's, I who's saw on. the injury report earlier, and I'm going to pull it up right now just to make sure I haven't missed anything. The injury report, the last update he tweeted out was two hours ago, and Myers Leonard is out, and that's it. No one else is on the injury report or the, okay. or the list. Bury the Celtics. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this home court advantage and rest the last couple of games. And, uh, yeah, go Bucks! I can't wait for the Bucks to go. And uh, let's just say I'm not that excited about the Brewers this year, Grant. Anyway, Grant, I will talk to you later, buddy. Thanks right. for having me. Yeah, have a good one, Tony. That's our friend Tony in Texas. You can find him on Twitter and uh, join his Twitter spaces, which is where this Dave from Monona drama started. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lecture you. If, if, if you left today's game not being amped about the Brewers, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. It's a long season, right? So it's hard to watch one game and then be like, I think the NLCS. I think we're right there. Man, it's, it's like a hot bath. We got we to lower ourselves in slowly, right? We just put a foot in today. We're like, ooh, that's hot. I, I don't know. Just, let's, let's get a couple more body parts in the tub, kind of get acclimated a little bit, get our feet under us. But I, I understand if you watched the Brewers today and, and thought what I thought, oh, this looks a lot like last year, which is a little concerning. 
right? Because the team last year missed the playoffs. On the Bucks, and and I'll I'll talk about him because Tony brought him up. I want to do mostly Brewers tonight. It's opening day. I want to talk baseball and I want to talk Brewers. But seeing Tony brought up the Bucks, I'm kind of with him. I think that the Bucks are going to come out and blow the doors off of the Celtics tonight. I do. It could be wrong. The Celtics are very good. I'm not underestimating how good the Celtics are and how deep they are. But if the Bucks truly have everyone available, and Joe Ingles and Chris Middleton got the night off last night, Chris Middleton has historically played really well against the Celtics, and Jay Crowder is healthy, and if he's playing tonight and he's uh, available as a defensive chess piece to move around and to build a lineup around, I kind of think the vibes are so high with the Bucks right now, and they're so, like, last night was so much fun for that team. You saw the picture of them all with their legs crossed, kind of making fun of Brooke on the bench. And then Grayson Allen packed in Jordan Wara's face and got up and was screaming. And Giannis had a big poster dunk. Drew Holiday scored 51 points last night. I even mentioned it. We've been doing the show for about 40 minutes yet. I haven't even brought it up. So the vibes are just so high with the Bucks right now. They're cruising. And they can truly deliver a, a knockout punch in the race for the one seed tonight if they beat the Celtics. Part of me thinks they're going to come out and just look to lay it on them. That's probably a lot of wishful thinking, but I can totally see that happening. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and speak that into existence. 608-796-2558. Baseball is back. And although the Brewers lost, there's got to be at least one thing that you enjoyed or one thing that you took away from today's game. So that's what I want to talk about next. I'll keep taking your calls and your texts and your tweets at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy opening day. The Brewers lost. But I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it. There'll be plenty of chances to get mad and yell about the Brewers this year. I'm not sure that we need to force Brewers anger today. Unless something's really got you fired up, I guess. Cook, I'm not going to not gonna stand in your way. 608-796-2558. I tweeted out the question, even though the Brewers lost, there's got to be one thing from this game that you really like. You're happy to have this back. This really jumped out to you. What's that one thing, even in a loss? Let's talk to Vinny. 608-796-2558. What's up, Vinny? How you doing today, Grant? I'm doing good. Baseball's back. I had a game on. I know the Brewers lost, but I'm, yeah. I'm doing good. Hey, that's the one thing I like about your question is baseball's back. It yeah. It, for God's sake, it takes it off of football. Mm-hmm. Or, we could, we could more, talk about Rogers. We could be discussing. <laughs> hey, uh, Vinny, would you would you take two second round picks for Rogers, or, or would you hold out for a first? Oh my God! Yeah, and then uh, and please, please get off the day from Winona stuff, man. <laughs> it's like I'm like I don't know if I'm watching. These are the days of our uh, listening. To these are the days of our lives, or whatever. Dave's and, Dave's but, of know, our I'm, lives is what it would be. Dave's uh, of our lives. You know, but I'll tell you what, it all made sense when you when you were talking to uh, the, the previous caller. I forget his name. Yeah, but, Tony um, in Texas. Tony in Texas that he was a Cub fan, and I was like, okay, here that explains it. Yeah, that's that that's that's how the that's how the Cub fans are. And I hope he's listening. I'm a, I, I like the Southside Hitmen. You know, I like the. I like the Sox and has ever playing the Cubs. 
So I, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, Vinny, I, I know you're a Bears fan. I didn't know where your your baseball allegiance was lying. So you're a white you're a White Sox fan. Yeah, I, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, so, and that's outside. South, and, and that's you know, it's kind of like Yankees, Mets. You know, it's Sox yeah. and Cubs, and and uh, and just like I said, the Brewers. The only other baseball uniform I've ever wore was the Brewers, and that's uh, even wore my. I wear my socks up to Wrigley Field, huh? so I, 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 yeah, I got Cub, Cub fan. That's all I got. That's all I got to say on that, buddy. Thanks, Vinny. I but, appreciate you. I'll leave Dave alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a nice night, buddy. Yeah, you as well. Enjoy the start of your socks season and hope that this one uh, goes a little bit better than the last few. That's Vinny, who I knew he was a Bears fan, but a Sox fan. Interesting. I'm slightly distracted by Jordan Davis transferring. I did not expect this. Maybe just didn't think he was going to get a lot of run. He didn't get a lot of run in this, and I'm putting air quotes around this, postseason run they just had. I understand that the NIT is postseason. Okay. And I guess they won three games in a row. I, I'm i hesitant to call that a run, but I, it's the language that other fans are using. And I speak for the fans. A couple of texts. Hector on Alaska says, if, if Dave doesn't call in after listening to you guys talk about who is or isn't good looking, it may be, to, may be time to RIP to the relationship. Yeah, I guess Willie Adamas is a good looking guy. Don't tell me that doesn't help. Danzy Swanson's very good looking guy as well. He had a great day today. He got a lot of money. I don't think he would have maybe got that contract if he wasn't such a handsome son of a gun. Pete and Chipwa says, I'm glad the game ended quickly so I could hear your show driving home from work. Yeah, we get more time together. I guess that's a positive. The game, according to ESPN, took two hours and 21 minutes. Is that correct? I'm looking at the game cast here. Time of game, you know how the PA guy does it at the end of the game. Time of the game, two hours, 21 minutes. Played at Wrigley Field. Temperature was 41. Home plate umpire, Ron Culpa. He had a rough couple of first innings. I couldn't blame him for anything, but he had some he had some misses today. Zach says, hey, Grant, the way you describe the Cubs pitchers is what makes today that much harder to watch and be hopeful for the season. No-name pitchers and the same old Brewers would get hit out of a... P- would get out hit by a peewee league team, Sean from Eau Claire. Yeah, I think we're taking our frustrations from last year's team and assigning them to this year's team just a little bit. And I understand why fans are doing that because today's game looked like last season, right? And seeing today's game is the only impression we have of this year's team. That's all we have to go off of. So I get the frustration. I'm not going to complain about the offense today and, you know, piss and moan about how they can't score any runs. It's not like Corbin Burns had a great day. Although some of the runs were tough luck. Right? Like Willie Thomas can't make a good throw, can't make this play. Some routine plays that just weren't made. And they led to earned runs, which is tough for Burns, but it's not like he had shut down stuff today. I think he only had eight or nine swings and misses, which for Corbin Burns is really unconventional. And I guarantee that there are arbitration arbiters uh, writing that down for his arbitration hearing this offseason. Uh, so let me point the, the jury's Eyes uh, back to March the 30th of 2023. Corbin Burns, uh, the Brewers' opening day hopes rested on your shoulders and you crumbled, surrendering four runs in, in just five or six innings. <laughs> Thank you for the text, guys. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. 
Cody asks, Adamus or Brady? Better jawline. Well, I think Adamus because I think Brady's had work done. Brady's jawline is not natural. Come on, look at that guy. He's had some work done. A little nipping, a little tucking, a little sculpting. And I say that respectfully because if I was Tom Brady, I'd want to look great too. He's got the money to look great. I'm not ripping the guy, but Willie Adamus seems to be all natural. He's got this radiant smile about him. Tom Brady, I don't know. Not so much. Brady's a little bit more stoic. So if we're ranking jawlines, I would I would probably go, yeah. Yeah, I'd go Adamas. Great smile. Handsome, good-looking guy. Wish you would have got a hit or a, you know, a bigger moment with guys on base today, although that's kind of the story with Willie Adamas. That was the case last year. Felt like a lot of his home runs were solo shots when no one was on. And then he'd come up with guys on and, you know, he'd beat the ball into the ground or strike out. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll get an update from our friend Zach Heilprin. Come back. We can talk more Brewers, more opening day next on the Wisco Sports Show. This group has been through a lot this year. As I told them, I'm really proud of how they've continued to battle, face adversity, and this will help them not only as they go forward in their basketball careers, but who they are as people. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, whenever I fail at something, or whenever I'm, I'm struggling with something, I try to be better, I try to improve, and I try to get better at, at that thing. But I also look for other examples of, of other people who also suck at that thing, and that makes me feel better, right? <laughs> so, Corbin Burns did not have the best outing today. He gave up four earned runs. His final line was five innings, four hits, four earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts on 87 pitches. Okay, not great. So to make myself feel better, I was like, well, how did... Max Scherzer looked today. Well, six innings, four hits, three earned runs, six strikeouts. Not great. How'd DeGrom look today? Three and two-thirds, six hits, five earned runs, seven strikeouts, 73 pitches. Not great. Not great. So maybe it's just an opening day thing. Maybe maybe it's just an ace thing. They need time to pitch themselves into shape and and really get things figured out. Or maybe all these guys stink. (laughs) I don't know. But to make myself feel better and to make Corbin Burns feel better around his day, ah, DeGrom wasn't great. Scherzer wasn't great either. So whatever. It is just one game. I was just hoping for a little bit more entertaining game because I was really excited to talk about it. I was like, we'll be able to do two full hours on the Brewers and celebrate the return of baseball and the the return of, you know, Bill Schroeder and Jeff Levering and Christian Yelich and Bob Uecker. Just didn't really give us a whole lot of meat on the bone, did they? They got shut out and... The Cubs scored all their runs in one inning. It was a lot of uneventful baseball, but at least the uneventful baseball went quickly, which I think was baseball's goal, Rob Manfred's goal and Theo Epstein's goal. If no one's going to score, we at least want it to go quickly, and that was definitely the case today. So I'd say the new rules are winning. I loved the new rules before the season started. I'm like, yeah, let's get rid of the shift. We got to do something. Speed up the game a little bit. We got to do something. Game one worked really well. I think baseball solved exactly what they were looking to solve. Let's take all the crap out of the game that no one's going to miss. Beautiful. Nailed it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Grant Pilsen, we're celebrating. The Brewers lose 4-0, to zero, but 
Still plenty of things to be excited about, right? Taking your texts and calls about the redeeming qualities of today's game. There aren't a ton, but there's got to be a few, right? Gus Varland pitched an inning. His brother Louie plays for the Twins. Will be fun to see them play against each other. That's from Chuck in Alaska. Robin Stoddard says, also, Grant, is it me or is the weather about right? What? Also, Grant, is it me or is the weather just about right after how the Brewers played today? Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. And it's like last year, that means we trade away our best pitcher at the deadline when we're in first place for more Matt Bush-type pitchers. <laughs> well, anytime you have a chance to add Matt Bush, like, you you have to do it right. Yeah, Matt Bush here. Matt Bush here. Always add Matt Bush types. And that's today's tailgate tip. That is today's tailgate tip. Thank you, Chef Jerry Garcia from Club. What was his restaurant? Hotel Metro. Hotel Metro. I was going to say Club Metro. It was Hotel Metro. Thanks, Jerry, for that tailgate tip. And that's today's tailgate tip. Hector non Alaska, 608 796 What's up, Hector? How you doing on this dreary day, Grant? Hey, baseball's back. I got my uh, my Brewers windbreaker on today. Uh, I brought my Prince Fielder jersey to work just in case I wanted to pull a wardrobe change at some point in the afternoon. I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah, I well, the one exciting thing for me today was that I woke up um, dreading a day of work because I work Thursdays, and I guess a couple of weeks ago I put in PTO and forgot about it, so I didn't have to work today. Nice. So Good that was day nice. To lay at home yeah. and watch sports. Oh yeah, I very much enjoyed it. My old lady had uh, management stuff to do at work that was supposed to last until one, so I was unfortunate timing, and then lo and behold, she didn't get done until three thirty. So <laughs> with all these. Uh, these changes the game was done before she even got home and uh i was a happy camper so i like that well i'm glad you enjoyed your yeah. day what jumped out to you it was a fairly boring game but there's got to be a couple things in it there was. that you notice yeah i think that uh the uniforms look nice <laughs> they did well they did that's not something we mentioned yeah. i do love the brewers uniforms I-, I love the ball and the glove i love the blue and the gold Right, I was talking to a coworker the other day. He's like, you know, I miss the gold ones. I was like, God, those were ugly. Go back and watch some Brewers highlights so from the ugly. mid-2000s. You don't appreciate how nice and crisp their jerseys are now compared to some of the jerseys we've had. Absolutely. And the, and the powder blue on the alternative one is very nice as well. I think I'll officially get a jersey. I have, like, pullovers and stuff since last year was, like, my first year as a fan. But I think... I suffered enough at the end of last year with the trade and the falling apart of the team that uh, I'm well integrated into being a Brewers fan. So I figured I'll get a jersey. Well, I appreciate this that. This year. So, yeah. And I just wanted to, because ch- to, my, my buddies and I were talking about it earlier, and we're clo- we're within a month of the draft. Mm-hmm. And at, at that 15 spot, if the tight end from Notre Dame, everyone's hype about, were available, would you be happier if they went with him or take the top defensive player available? Because, of course, they do need more bodies on defense. So, Hector, let, let's talk about this. Let's take a break from the Brewers for just a couple minutes and, and hash this out. Because I was thinking about this in the car the other day. I was in Milwaukee this weekend. And I was driving back on Sunday, and I, I thought a lot about the tight end position. Because the Packers really don't have anything at that position right now. They got DeGuara right. and Tyler Davis, I guess. If there was ever an offseason to use a first-round pick on a tight end, this would be the one, right? The the high-level elite tight ends are there. This is a deep tight end class. There should be an option the Packers love. But, Hector, we've said for a decade, well, you, you, you haven't had a great tight end since Jermichael Finley. You haven't had an elite 
athletic, pass-catching tight end since Jermichael Finley. Since Jermichael Finley. Since Jermichael Finley. I feel like this has to be the offseason that they finally address that, right? I'm just looking at the roster. They right. truly have no one there. And if you get a high-level tight end prospect now, he can grow with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samari Toure and Jordan Love. They can all be on the same timeline. I would really like that. And I think it right. really makes sense, even though the Packers taking a tight end at 15 sounds insane. But if it was ever going to happen, it feels like it should happen now. When when it was when it was brought up previously, I scoffed at it. Mm-hmm. Um, closer to the end of last year, because of oh, come on, who yeah. who are you joking? Yeah. It's the Packers. So as it's kind of progressed, and then the Rodgers fiasco, and now watching the best option you had, which was a, a battered Bobby Tunyon signed somewhere else, it was it just became more and more of a no brainer uh, to us, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so I feel like, and now at this point, it, it just kind of makes no sense to do anything else, but you never know. The Packers do surprise uh, a lot more than, than I, uh, anticipate sometimes, but I kind of, I'm kind of more focused on the Packers uh, draft this year as my secondary team, as opposed to the Ravens. Cause that's just a terrible mess over there. So I kind of feel we'll like, see. I kind of feel like Lamar is. I, I don't know. How do I want to put this? Lamar's not doing anything wrong, right? If you don't want an no. agent, fine. But neither are the Ravens. I like. I, I think the Ravens have just quietly sat there and held their ground on, on what they believe to be the contract they want to offer him. And I think Lamar has kind of talked himself into a worse spot, right? He's, he's trying right. to promote his website, and this guy's selling fitness equipment, and he's tweeting everything, and I'm like, I don't know. If I was a team looking to invest money and draft picks into getting Lamar Jackson, I don't know if anything that Lamar has done in the last week, I don't know if anything has made me feel better about him. I don't know if he's helping himself. Yeah, and the the whole apology thing, I feel like was more of like a sway to try to get more pity on his side. I don't, because I don't feel like with what has been going on previously that it just makes any sense. All that, like him waiting, like if you really ask him a second, why are you telling us when it's almost a month later? Like, I understand and I don't understand all the ins and outs of it and all, but I don't know. I just, I have a feeling they'll probably send him to Indianapolis if Anthony Richardson is available at number four and uh, try to do it that way. I hope. I hope it works out in a way that's entertaining for everybody. That would be one. If he ended up with yeah, the Colts or ended but, up with you know another team like that. Yeah, and on a, a positive note, with uh, an organization that knows what they're doing, I'm excited to watch the Bucks beat the Celtics by probably 25. I kind of with you. I think I might tweet it so it's on the record, so then I can get dragged when it doesn't happen. Thank you, Hector. I appreciate you. Yeah, you have a good night. Yeah, you as well. Your day off. That's our friend Hector. In on Alaska, Ravens fan, Clippers fan, and uh, adopted Brewers fan. We're getting some verbal commits notifications here. Iowa State guard Caleb Grill has entered the transfer portal, grad transfer. And you're like, Grant, who is that? Why are you reading that? I don't know who that is. I don't know why I'm reading it. Jeff Patrick has just retweeted it and it popped up. So I, I don't, I didn't need to read it. We were talking about Lamar. We were talking about the Packers. I feel like. Be comprehensive. Jordan Davis has requested a, a transfer or, or is transferring. You don't need to request. And so is Iowa State guard Caleb Grill. The more you know, I guess. And that's today's tale. It doesn't even work in this set. Why do I keep playing that? Twitter at Wisco Grant, 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text. 
Let me elaborate on my my Lamar Jackson thoughts because I want to I want to be very specific and I want to try to make it clear exactly what I'm trying to say. And I feel like maybe I I, I didn't do that when I was talking with Hector because I didn't want to talk over him or talk too much. I feel for Lamar, I do, because I think lesser quarterbacks and lesser accomplished quarterbacks who haven't won MVPs, who haven't done what he has done, have gotten the contracts they're looking for. Like, Kirk Cousins has gotten the bag a couple of times, and Deshaun Watson got the contract of all contracts. And I, I, I get it. I get where Lamar Jackson is coming from. But just because you want something, just because you think you deserve something, doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's not always the way the world works. And it seems in Lamar Jackson's world, in the Ravens' world, they've decided that whatever Lamar thinks he deserves, whatever thinks he's earned, is not what he's getting, at least not right now. So, so, Lamar Jackson has decided to request a trade, look elsewhere. It seems like that relationship has been frayed. In a moment like this, Lamar Jackson has to be unimpeachable in his conduct and in his actions, what he's saying publicly, what he's keeping private, right? He's got to be surgical about this. And I don't think he has been. He's kind of been haphazard. Tweet about this. Hey, I requested this trade. This guy doesn't represent me. Like, it's just very noisy, very loud. It's like this doesn't really seem to be strategic. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or a reason on what is coming out when with Lamar Jackson and his camp or or lack thereof because he still doesn't have an agent. So if I'm the Colts or the Patriots or another team that's thinking about acquiring him, I'm thinking, okay, well, I get he wants out because of the contract, but what else is at play here? Right? And I just, I don't think he's handled himself in the best possible way. And I think that's going to make his life harder, which sucks because I want him to be in a good situation. I want him to get his money because he hasn't gotten that first contract yet. He's still coming off of his rookie deal after being... 31st pick, 32nd pick in, was that the 2018 draft? The Ravens traded back in to take him at the end of the first round. He still hasn't gotten that contract, and until he does, he really doesn't have the generational wealth, right, that you get when you get that 100-plus million-dollar deal with a, with an X number of guarantees. He's made nice money, but he hasn't gotten that contract yet, and I want him to get that, and the league is more fun with him. Like, the league was way more fun, and the AFC, especially the AFC North, was way more interesting with a healthy Lamar Jackson running the Ravens. Think of how much more interesting the Colts would be or the Patriots, right, if they were to have Lamar Jackson. I want that. It's good for football. It's good for Lamar. It's good for everybody. As Joe Biden once said, it's good for everybody. Hurts no one. Something about the economy. I need to get that drop because I always try to quote it, and I don't think I've ever quoted it correctly. I want that for Lamar Jackson. I want that for Hector. I want him to be able to sleep at night. Hector, I'm a Packers fan. I know a lot about a quarterback uh, back and forth, some some quarterback drama. It's it's not great, right? It's frustrating. I don't want that for you. Let's see here. This text just says, what a buzzkill. Brewers fan, but today sucked. Yeah, I'm looking for the one redeeming quality. My redeeming quality was that Rock was back on my screen, and I get a kick out of Rock. I've watched him forever. I know his rock-isms and the things that he likes to say. I get a kick out of him, but I'm glad he was back. Levering's great, too. Jeff Levering is awesome. Brewers are very lucky with a lot of the people that they have. I always thought Corey Provis was pretty good, and then they replaced him. I think they had Joe Block, who was called very meanly by some Joe Blah. Come on. But Levering's awesome. Lane Grindle sounds exactly like Jeff Levering. Euchre's great. Rock, B.A., 
Sophia's tremendous. I like Stephen Watson on Bally. And, and Craig Cashon. We had an all-star cast. Just bring back Jeff Grayson. Everybody's on TV today. Let's talk to, let's talk to Tim in Sparta. 608-796-2558. What's up, Tim? I don't know that I like your intro that everybody sucks in. Tim from Sparta. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone, everyone's on TV. You know, you belong in, in that, that uh, conversation with Rock and with BA. Tim from Sparta, an analyst uh, that, that stacks up to all the great ones on Valley Sports Wisconsin. That's what I should have said, Tim. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll, I'll take that instead. I wanted to call about Lamar Jackson. It, it drives me crazy uh-huh. um, when you have all these people going, he's worth so much more than Deshaun Watson, and he deserves, you know, all this, that, and a completely guaranteed contract. All of these announcers and prognosticators and whatever else you want to call them on TV land also aren't running the business. They're not paying the bill. You've got a guy who's a running quarterback, and we know the history of running quarterbacks, who's a okay thrower of the football from the pocket, but not a great one. Yeah. So he relies more on his legs than anything else. And you want to guarantee him $250 million so that he beats Deshaun Watson, who lots of people, the argument is that he's much better than Watson. I don't know. All I know is that Jim Hazlitt is an idiot. Yeah, and this every, is true. <laughs> the, the only person I think that probably the owners hate more is the uh, Daniel Snyder. Uh, I think he's the only guy that they possibly could hate more. Well, you, you, know, what's, you know what's funny, Tim, and I, I don't want to cut you off, so I'll let you back in here in a sec, but the NFL owners never really had a, a public problem with Daniel Snyder, like, a, like we need to get rid of him type of problem, until he started messing with their nut. Right, until it affected their bottom line, because we learned that he was holding yep. out money and hiding all of these, you know, expenditures and stuff. Right. Jimmy Haslam cost owners money. Jimmy Haslam cost the Ravens their quarterback. Snyder might suck. He might stink, and I think it's Snyder, not Schneider, but you get my point. He might be a garbage yep. human being, but as long as he doesn't mess with the money of the other owners, they were fine with him. That's what's changed in the last year. So it all comes down to money at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And for for these these people to be screening collusion by the owners. No, it's just that the other owners in the league aren't stupid. I mean, you can't, in this day and age, uh, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but what's the worst thing about baseball? You have these guaranteed contracts. And so, if you're old enough to remember Swan Dunstan from the Cubs, who was on a three-year deal, when he needed to sign the contract, he was great. The year he signed the contract, sucked. The next year, he was okay. And the third year, he was good again. Mm-hmm. And he did that for a couple of times. And all it was was, I'll play well when the money is, is in my is, needs to go in my pocket. And you have a running quarterback in today's day and age who wants 250 guaranteed. Well... You know, giving the Aaron Rodgers $150 million guaranteed and the rest of it is whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, so that if you get hurt, I'm not having to write a check for a guy that's never going to play football again. Because these guys aren't, the owners aren't stupid. They just aren't. So it's not, it's not going to happen. And I wish that he would get an agent because with an agent, you have so much more leverage than when you don't have an agent. 
because they typically have other people in their stable that you might want to have down the road. Go a little bit here, and get a little there. Yeah, well, and Tim, right, the NFL meetings were last week, and then this is a, a, a who's who of people in the NFL. All the owners, all the GMs, yeah. all the coaches are there, right? So if you want to spread some rumors or get something out there, it's the perfect place to do it. And Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent who can, you know, walk up to GMs and be like, hey, did you hear this about the Ravens? Did you hear it? My client, he said that, right? There's no one to do that for him. And what came out of the meetings last week, and I've heard this on a couple of shows, and it wasn't like hard reporting, but I was listening to, to Nick Wright on Fox Sports 1 the other day. He's like, there was some buzz at the owners' meetings about Lamar. He gets sick a lot. Like, he gets bronchitis. And some people were saying, and it was floated, that maybe he's living a little bit of an immature lifestyle. Maybe he's, you know, smoking some grass to relax, maybe a little bit too much, and, is, and he gets sick because he's always getting sick the last couple of years. So, Things are being floated against Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson doesn't have anyone to float on his behalf. That's a big part of having an agent, too, not just the money and the contracts, but to get narratives out there and to, to kind of leak things to reporters and to owners. Lamar doesn't have that. Uh, and, you know, and he's not doing himself any favor with his tweets either. When he tweets out, you know, I got this PCL and I needed to be 100%. I didn't want to put myself in this situation that nobody really has a problem with it until it comes to the playoffs and it's about money. Yeah. I think that's the gist of the, of the one tweet that he put out. What is that telling the owners? I got a guy that wants $250 million guaranteed, but if I need him to win a playoff game, nah, I'm going to sit this one out. Because if Lamar Jackson plays that, that playoff game instead of Huntley, I think that they win. I don't think that they lose that game against Cincinnati. They almost won it with Tyler Huntley. It took a, a fluky defensive touchdown for 99 yards for the Bengals to win. So, no, I, I'm with you. Yep. And, look, Deshaun Watson – not Deshaun Watson. We can wrap this up, Tim. Lamar Jackson can do what he wants. Like, it's his choice to make. I just don't know if he's setting himself up to succeed in an endeavor here that's not an easy one. Right, like you're going up against the NFL, the Shield, and all the owners that have this money, and the GMs, they're all in lockstep. They're working together, and Lamar's kind of trying to do this by himself and, you know, be, be our guest. You don't, wants, be, it's tough. you don't want to be negotiating a personal contract with the, the people directly affected in the room because things are I, – I negotiated contracts for a long time in a previous life, and – there's nothing worse than having the principals in the room that are directly connected when you're negotiating because things are said that you don't want the other person to hear, but if you're going to be there, you're going to hear them, you're going to take them to heart, and your heart is going to be hardened at that point, and he'll get dug in. So getting, he'd be better off to get himself an agent today and start from ground zero. I would, uh, I would agree. That's a great night. Yeah, and I'm and Tim, I'll let you go here. I'm glad I don't have an agent because we have a chance to talk face to face here. I would never want an intermediary breaking up a conversation like this. Thanks, Tim. You're, you're the best. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Have a good night. That's our friend Tim from Sparta, who called the Thrill Michaels show last week. It was always fun to talk to Bills callers from ten to two as well. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll keep talking opening day. Lamar Jackson's story is an interesting one. I don't need to dwell on it, but Hector's a Ravens fan. Hector's a big part of the show, so we got to give that topic a little bit of run and, 
and say our piece on that as well. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy opening day. Brewers are back. They're 0-1, but you know what? The first loss is the toughest. I'm just glad to get it out of the way with. You don't want to peak too early. You don't want to start too fast. Got to save some wins for later. You know, August, September, you can really carry it into the postseason. Maybe that's where they've aired the last couple of years. Well, that and trading arguably their best player when they were in first place. That probably didn't help either. I would very much like to avoid that this year, by the way. I'm well aware of the economic constraints that are on the Brewers. I'm, I'm very aware of my, uh, my small market heritage. I know my team. If they trade Corbin Burns in the offseason, okay. I would really like to not do it in the middle of the season. I'd really prefer that. I guess maybe that's, maybe that's the sign of success this year. This Brewers season will be a success if Corbin Burns is on the roster for all 162 regular season games. I'm not hard to please. Bruce fans are not hard to please. Really, we don't ask for much. We don't ask for much. Just a little here and there. Jake from Colfax is chiming in on the Lamar Jackson discourse. Says Lamar's got to learn things are only worth what someone is willing to pay. Right or wrong, that's how it is. Well, Jake, first of all, great point about economics. We're the, the number one economic show in the state of Wisconsin, the number one sports economic show. We talk facts and figures and numbers on this show. Cold, hard numbers because facts don't care about your feelings. Neither do numbers. But this, Jake, kind of hints at the the conversation that Tim and I were having before that last break. Our guy Tim from Sparta. Lamar Jackson is doing this all on his own. All of the owners are in lockstep. Nobody wants to give out a fully guaranteed deal. All the owners don't want to do that. So their GMs don't want to do that. So their coaches don't want to do that. So the agents that are in cahoots with these owners and these GMs and these coaches, they don't want to do it. Everyone is in lockstep. Lamar's out there by himself trying to fight this battle, right? And some of the things that I've heard on TV and radio shows the last couple of days, not a lot of great Lamar buzz. And part of that is because Lamar Jackson is on Twitter, maybe spilling a few too many beans. But I think... Another reason that we've heard some negative Lamar buzz is that the meetings just happen where all the coaches and owners and GMs are in the same place, all their owners are there, and they can float things. We heard at the Combine, the Packers want to move off of Rodgers. Everyone was talking about it, right? Did Did I play that clip from Mina Kimes the other day? Shoot, I didn't. Or at least I did. I don't have it saved. So I'll just paraphrase. But I was listening to Bill Simmons. He had Danny Kelly on and Mina Kimes. And both Danny Kelly and Mina Kimes agreed and, and almost laughed about how absurd it was. The, the combine it was the, the secret that everyone was trying to spread. The Packers had shooters, right? They had boots on the ground spreading. Oh, Rodgers is doing this and that. And, and the Packers want to move off of him. They're done with him. They're over this, right? They're getting that out in the ether. And that the combine was used as, a, as an arm as an instrument to get that messaging out there. Lamar has no arm. He has no instrument other than his Twitter account and his website, which I guess he's created. And neither one seems to be run very well or very strategically. Right? 
So there are teams around the league that are hearing these things about Lamar. Like, well, we'd have to give up multiple firsts and a big contract to get him. We've heard this. We've heard that. We've heard the other thing. I don't, I don't know if that's a business we want to get into right now. Not saying that uh, uh, an agent would solve all of that, but it would certainly help, don't you think? Uh, if you want to text or tweet, I'd love to have you. At Wisco Grant. And if you'd like to call, 608-796-2558. What's your one redeeming thing from the Brewers game today? What, what was one thing that jumped out to you as a positive? There's got to be one thing. I know the Brewers lost, and that was a bummer. And it was to the Cubs, which makes it an extra bummer. And they were shut out, which makes it an extra, extra bummer. But there's got to be at least one thing. And I think that's my favorite thing about the Brewers compared to the Packers or the Bucks, is that we all grew up watching the Brewers we had Fox Sports Wisconsin on on our TV all the time, or or maybe you grew up right with Harvey's Wall Bangers, and and we all have experienced the Brewers and lived our lives through the Brewers because there's so many games and it's summertime and we love summer, right? I think the Brewers hold a special personal place in our heart that even the Packers don't quite hold, or the Bucks or the Badgers don't quite hold. Right? So I think we all are are very connected to this team. There's got to be one thing that you were excited about today. What was one positive? What was one redeeming factor? of today's 4 nothing loss at Wrigley Field. 608-796-2558. I'd like to take more calls when we come back. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. We're breaking down the biggest story of the day, maybe the biggest story in the world today. Jordan Davis entering the transfer portal. No, hold on. That's that's not what I wrote down. Ah, Brewers opening day. Yes. They lose to the Cubs. Four to nothing. The game was mostly a turd. The Cubs scored all their runs in one inning. The Brewers obviously did not score any runs at all. But there's got to be at least one redeeming factor of this game for you. Maybe it's just having Bill Schroeder back on your TV. That's mine, because I get a big kick out of rock. Maybe you like seeing Bryce Terang making his Major League debut, playing second base. Maybe Gus Varland is the story that does it for you. Friend of show, Gus Varland. Northwoods League guy, Gus Varland. Wilmer Stinger, Gus Varland. Whatever that might be, what was the one redeeming factor you got out of the Brewers game today? Let's talk to Daniel Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? What's going on? Well, it's actually... uh... It's Daniel in Chicago today. Oh, did you go to the game? I did. I was a stinker. Was it cool being at Wrigley and being there for the... It had to be at least kind of... It wasn't a total bust, I hope. That was the redeeming quality. If you want to have one redeeming factor of the game today, that was it. Our hitting is suspect. Uh, Corbin looked cold. Like, just actually cold. It was freezing. You know, there was... uh, surprise there wasn't snowflakes like it was it was just a very cold day we were i was there with my wife for like anniversary stuff and yeah we were just we we were wearing coats and you know we were we were prepared for it i don't know that the brewers were prepared for it considering they've been playing all their games in 75 degree weather for the last what two months i see the blood does get thinner when you live down there. As someone who spent a week in Arizona, I came back, and it did feel a little bit harsher than normal. And my grandma says she's been down there forever. She's like, my blood is thin now. She comes home, and she freezes to death when she's in Wisconsin. So maybe there's something to that. Then, Although the Cubs were down there as well. 
But then I hopped on Facebook and I saw that Jordan Davis had transferred, and I was a little bit more happy after that. Oh, so, yeah. come, come on now. <laughs> he just wants to start somewhere. I guess I don't blame him for that. Well, the the sad truth is he he played his he played himself out of his starting role. So, and I I I I believe that he played himself out of the starting role rather than Connor Seaton playing himself into the role. Because hmm. I think going going into the year, Jordan Davis was supposed to be what Connor Seaton ended up being. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, I guess, the guy that can come mm, in and knock down threes. Yeah, but Connor Seaton, it, it would seem, and now after watching him for a year, he's more of a complete offensive player. I think Jordan Davis was more of a kind of a jack of all trades. I think Max Klesmet was the one who kind of bought up all of Jordan Davis's real estate because Max Klesmet. He's more of a similar player. Defense, kind of hustle plays, deflections. Yeah, he'll hit some shots and get to the rim a little bit, but Connor Seaton's more of an offensive ace. Jordan Davis, I thought, kind of occupied the the Klesman space, and Klesman was just better this year. Well, I think by the end of the year, Lindsey ended up taking more of Jordan Davis's time than anybody, wow. which is kind of funny. <laughs> Come yeah, on. I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm still salty. It'll it'll take me a second to get over that nit loss. I didn't need to get over an nit loss. It was an nit <laughs> loss. Look here, here, I'll be positive. That was a joke. No, 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 no. I got you. I, I got you. No, I'm with you, Daniel. We we spent the last two weeks talking about all of the positives that came from this nit run. Right, that's what I was told. Good experience, a uh, chance to build chemistry. A uh, chance for Max Klesman to further kind of play his way into this team and fit the culture. Good experience, regard. All of that's still true, right? We didn't lose yeah. that just because the Badgers lost the other night, and I think that's a, that's a positive. We can hold on to that. Yes, but was Jordan Davis going to be someone that furthered the Badgers' hopes of a Big Ten tournament and then NCAA tournament run for next year? Do you think that he would have been hmm. a catalyst to that? No. No, okay. not so then, no. His then, career, his career is going backwards. He's going to get less playing right. time. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I'm going to be happy that he's going somewhere where potentially he can thrive, right? Yeah. Or also be happy that he's not going to take up minutes that he's dribbling the ball off his foot. You know. So I don't know. I think I think it's a good thing for maybe both sides, which isn't always the case. Uh, I gotcha. I'm happy for him. Look, I. I, if Jordan Davis was on the bench and he just wasn't able to play in his way on the court at all, then I get it. That That's more of the, the, the classic transfers I think that we're seeing now that maybe we didn't see a couple of years ago. You know, I was talking about the Bo Ryan era where guys would sit for two years before they ever really started to play. That's not really what's happening here. Jordan Davis has had shots and other players have just overtaken him. He's going backwards. I, I hope he finds something nice and I hope he finds a good he- situation. He had too many nights where he shot under 25%. That's what I think. Yeah. You got to be able to knock down threes, especially on a team that that, nobody can hit threes. When that's your calling card, too. Yeah. He kind of came in and everyone said, oh, well, his brother's the playmaker and he's the shooter, right? Yeah. And he never turned into the shooter. Well, he's never been afraid to shoot. I remember watching him in high school. He would heave. He wouldn't always hit, but he would heave. (laughs) And confidence is the first half. It was, you know, the other half that he he really started to struggle. He's He's the Thanasis to Johnny Davis's Giannis. That's why he got the UW, right? right? I'll buy into that a little bit. Yeah, 
He's a good basketball player, okay. but just not good enough for what this team needs in the starting five. And for that reason, he's transferring. I get it. Thank you, Daniel. Yep. Drive safe back from Chicago. Nope, not bad yet, but we'll be back tomorrow. So Cruise safely. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Daniel in Madison. Well, in Chicago, on his way to Madison. I don't know what highway that is. We could assign him a, a highway like Eric on I-90. He's kind of got the that space locked down. Jake from Colfax says, redeeming quality. Yelich is now in the record book as the first batter ever in history to get a free ball for a pitch clock violation. Does that count? Well, he's the first in Brewers history. I, there might have been one that happened earlier in the day. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was bizarre because I was watching it at a bar, so I couldn't hear all that well. The audio was on. I was like, was that a pitch clock? Oh, yep, there's the ball. They just put it up on the board. So we're learning the new rules as we go along. Mikey Colorado says, nothing redeeming about the game other than sitting in our backyard with my daughter, enjoying the sunshine, listening to the opening pitch, and Terang turning his first double play and getting his first hit. Yeah, Terang brought some energy. I like that, and I think... The Brewers and the Packers are similar in that they're trying to keep this contending window open. Right? They were close in 18. They were really good in 19. 2020 pandemic, 2021, that team was great and really underperformed in the playoffs. So they're, they're trying. They're trying to get another bite at the apple like the Packers were for years and years and years. And you need new blood. You need to get excited. Like, I don't want to run it back every year with Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams. At no point was there a Christian Watson. Bryce Terang, that, that's nice. Now we don't have to just obsess over Yelich. We don't have to obsess over Jesse Winker or whoever. Right now we have this Bryce Terrain guy. And I think players on the field enjoy that too. Like I think I think Yelich and or Rowdy Telez, like they enjoy and are energized by a younger player coming on and having success. I think that helps everybody. Hurts nobody. Goes to the economy. As Biden said, I misquoted it again. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. What's up, Fred? How's it going, Grant? Oh, it's going well. It's opening day. I'm enjoying it. I'm celebrating. Opening day. The best thing about the Brewers today was that they lost to the Cubs. Go Cubs. Oh, you're a Cubs fan? I didn't know that about you, FedEx Fred. Oh, big Cubs fan. I see. I kind of think the Cubs will be sneaky competitive this year. I don't think they're going to you know, win games in the playoffs. They might not even make the playoffs, but I think they're this team that just got a new injection of talent. They spent a little money, and they don't really have any expectations. And I, you know, I think a team like that can be dangerous and really win a lot of games and kind of take everyone by surprise. And then once you start taking teams by surprise, you want to keep doing it, right? And and that's what the Brewers did in 2018. So I, I think the Cubs can be a little sneaky. I think they'll win some games this year. I think they're going to finish below 500, but I think they're going to win a lot of games that they're not supposed to win. Yes. But they're going to lose a lot of games that they, they should win. Yes. So that's kind of coming in with just the eh, Cubs baseball. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, though. They're going to win a lot of games that they aren't expected to win or aren't supposed to win. And I, I think they'll have fun, and I think the team yep. will be energetic because of that. And I think today that was a good example. So I have a question, Grant, for you. When you're when you're watching your baseball and you're going through the schedule, mm-hmm. do you look do you look at series wins, or do you go with the individual wins when you look at Hey, I think we can win this game, mm-hmm. or do you go I think we should be able to win this series? Interesting. You know, I was talking to a coach uh, earlier this week. We work with uh, Winona State Athletics. Our lacrosse station WKTY does. Right, and we promote some of their teams. And, you know, I talk to the coaches every once in a while. I talked to their baseball coach this week, and he talked about, hey, we're winning every week. Right, so every week they'll have, like, a three-game series and a two-game set. 
and they want to win three of five or four of five. You want to end the week above 500. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. I think going bigger picture in baseball is always good, Fred. Uh, like, we could overreact yeah. to today. We could go nuts. I, why? Let's give it a week, kind of look around, evaluate on series and on, on a weekend or on a road trip. Bigger picture measurements, I think, are always better. That is one of the reasons why I love baseball. Like, I get the, the football is very macro. You're right in the moment. Every week matters. Every game is life and death, which makes football interesting. But that's the reason I love baseball is because it's like, hey, we might get out and I might not get out to a hot start in March. April might be a little, you know, wobbly. But if we're 500 going into May and we keep that going, that's when you start getting getting excited about baseball, which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Well, and I, I think of some of the callers who call this show really only about the Brewers, Fred. We hear from Richie and Eau Claire. Uh, we hear from Binks on French Island. Like, those guys, their personality is it's very laid back. Like, Richie's not calling in the Monday after a Packer game to scream about anything, right? Binks is very mild-mannered. I've met him, right? He's always, hey, let's go to the ballpark, have a land shark, uh, see the loggers play a game, right? I think baseball fans like that, right? F- fans who love baseball maybe more than football or basketball, we like the slow burn and the, the relaxed kind of very uh, mellow conversations and reactions to games and series and weeks rather than yelling and screaming about one game. I think that's part of the appeal of the sport. I, I have to agree with you tenfold on that. And I just have one last question for you. It is about the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Is guard on the hot seat? No, I don't think so. No. no I do. I do. You feel he needs to be more productive than he was this year in order for him to keep his rear end off that hot seat. I think at the end of next year, yes. Yeah. I know it's a cop-out, because that's what a lot of Badgers fans say. We'll give him one more year. Well, I understand why this team had the shortcomings that they had this year. It's still frustrating. I still don't want to expect it, but I understand it. If all of the same things present next year, well, then we can have a different conversation. How's how's that for an answer? I don't know. 100% 100% agree with you, and thank you for uh, answering my phone call, Grant. Yeah, of course, Fred. Enjoy your evening. Nice to hear from you. You as well. FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. I know it's a cop-out answer. I'll give him one more year, and then we'll see, but it, it's my answer. I understand why the basketball team had the shortcomings they had this year. Right? They had some surprise departures, some really uncontrollable injuries and absences, and they ended up a little shorthanded. And Tyler Wall busted up his ankle, and it just it was a season from hell. That Tyler Dickinson, or not Tyler Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson shot that went in, that's bad luck. I understand why this season went the way that it did. Next year, I want to see some different things. Everybody's a year older. Chucky Hepburn's a year older. I had some, some young talent coming in, although Jordan Davis is leaving. How will that affect things? <laughs> probably, probably not a whole lot. Plus, I also give Guard a lot of credit for finding Max Klesman. You know, we complain about the players that Greg Gard didn't get in the transfer portal. Max Klesmet was massive for this team this year. And for Greg Gard and his staff to recognize Klesmet, what he does, what he's good at, how that fits with the Badgers, Max Klesmet is the type of player that it feels like he's been at Wisconsin forever. He fits everything. He's exactly what they wanted. So I give Greg Gard credit for that. I will say good job, job well done, for a player that he got rather than just bitching about the players that he didn't get. 
All right, Eric on I-90 is here. Eric, we got about two and a half minutes, so we got to be efficient with our time. What's going on? Eric on I-90's agent here. Hold for <laughs> Eric on I-90. Gotcha. What's going on? <laughs> I've got people advocating for me, and uh, I like to have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, one good thing about the Brewers opening day mm-hmm. is that my mother is going to be very, very happy because she loves watching the Brewers. Mm-hmm. That is my one good thing about the Brewers opening day. Anything makes my mom happy, makes me happy. If mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. It all starts with mom. If I agree. Mom happy. And you are right about the laid back nature of baseball. Yeah. It's the only sport, it's the only sport where the groundskeeper has to come out and see if he's got to check, cut the grass from in between when the game starts and finishes. Yeah. <laughs> it's that slow. Yeah. And and I, I went over this last year with you, I think, a little bit, is that the, the new up-and-comers, the what, – what, what do we call those guys? The practice squad? What do we call Triple A? Minor leaguers? The prospects. prospects. They're minor leaguers. The prospects. Yep. They can't take the pressure of being up in the majors. And I'm just thinking there's just not a lot of pressure. But they've picked that up this year, haven't they? They've yeah. picked up the pressure on it because there's a pitch count. Well, and I, and I think, Eric, and this might be part of it, is minor leaguers are used to these rules because that's where these rules were tested. So Bryce Terang and Joey oh. Weaver and Garrett Mitchell, they've been playing with these rules, so maybe that's a nice little boost of confidence. As they come into the majors and everything is big and scary and high pressure, they're like, well, at least I played with a pitch clock for years. I'm used to these rules, right? That's a little advantage for the prospects. Right. That might take some of the pressure off of them. Yeah. We got a big game tonight. We got a big game tonight, though. We do. I, I think the Bucks are going to blow the Celtics off the floor. I think this is going to be a fun night I, for the Bucks. The vibes are too high. Right, right. After last night, that was a fun game to watch. I know it didn't mean anything, but it was fun to watch. And uh, I can't wait till tonight. Tonight's a good game. Hell yeah. Um, so that's about all I got out here at I-90. It's, uh, we're kind of in the backside moisture of a weather front here. We are. Um, it's uh, kind of dreary. So <laughs> there I probably ate up two minutes of um, some useless information from Eric and I. No, not at all. Eric, you made a joke. You called back to our Lamar Jackson conversation. You talked about the Brewers. You talked about the Bucks and a big matchup tonight. I'd say that was an efficient use of two and a half minutes or so. I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere. He's going to be a Baltimore Raven. I bet money on it right now. He's staying right there. All right. I believe you, Eric. I truly have to go, like, right now. Have an awesome night, Eric. I appreciate you and enjoy the Bucks game. We'll be back to wrap up the show in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. That's the show. That's it. We used up our time. Talk to you tomorrow for... <laughs>